Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome back to the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving into one of the most pivotal battles in ancient history, the Battle of Marathon. That's right, folks. A battle that changed the course of Western civilization. To truly grasp the significance of the Battle of Marathon, we need to immerse ourselves in the world of 490 BC. It's a time of empires, city-states, and the dawn of democracy. Absolutely, Marco. The Persian Empire, under the rule of King Darius I, is a behemoth. It stretches from the Indus Valley to the Aegean Sea, encompassing a diverse range of cultures and peoples. And over in a small corner of the world known as Greece, City-states like Athens and Sparta are experimenting with radical forms of government, like democracy and oligarchy. Athens, in particular, is emerging as a beacon of democratic ideals. But it's not just about politics. This era is a hotbed of cultural and intellectual activity. Philosophy, art, and literature are flourishing in Greece, laying the foundations for Western civilization. And let's talk about the brewing tension. The Persian Empire is eyeing Greece hungrily, especially after the Athenians and Eritreans dared to support the Ionian revolt against Persian rule. That's right. King Darius is infuriated by this defiance. He sees Greece not just as a land ripe for conquest, but as a threat to Persian authority that must be quelled. So, he dispatches a massive force across the Aegean, setting his sights on punishing Athens and Eretria, and bringing Greece into the Persian fold. This clash of cultures sets the stage for an epic confrontation. On one side, the might of the Persian Empire, on the other, the fiercely independent and ideologically driven Greeks. It's a moment in history where everything hangs in the balance. The future of Western civilization, the fate of democracy, and the very identity of Greece are all at stake. And it all converges on the small coastal plain of Marathon. This is more than just a battlefield, it's the arena where the future of the world is about to be decided. To really understand the lead-up to Marathon, we need to step back to the Ionian Revolt, which started in 499 BC. The Ionian Greeks, living under Persian rule, grew tired of the heavy taxes and the autocratic Persian governors. Right, and these Ionian Greeks found allies in Athens and Eretria. Athens, nurturing its young democracy, saw a kindred spirit in the Ionian struggle for freedom. So, Athens sends a modest fleet to aid the Ionians. It's more symbolic than anything, but it's a clear message to Persia, Athens opposes Persian domination. And this is where things get heated. The joint forces of the Ionians and Athenians march to Sardis, one of the key cities in Persia's western territories, and set it ablaze. This act was a slap in the face to King Darius. It wasn't just the damage, it was the audacity of these small Greek city-states challenging his mighty empire. Darius, furious, swears revenge on Athens and Eretria. He starts planning a massive campaign to subjugate all of Greece, starting with these two defiant cities. Meanwhile, back in Greece, the Athenians are getting wind of this impending Persian retaliation. They know they're outmatched in terms of resources and manpower. But what Athens lacks in size, it makes up for in spirit. Under the leadership of key figures like Miltiades, they begin to prepare for the inevitable Persian onslaught. It's a tense time. Athens sends envoys to Sparta and other Greek city-states seeking help. Sparta, bound by religious observances, delays their response, leaving Athens to face the Persians virtually alone. 
So, we have this underdog situation. A small, yet determined Athens against the colossal Persian Empire, hungry for revenge and expansion. And all these tensions, ambitions, and fears converge on the plains of Marathon, where one of history's most significant battles is about to unfold. To appreciate the scale of the Battle of Marathon, we need to understand the players involved. On one side, we have the Persian Empire, the superpower of the era. That's right Marco. The Persian army, commanded by Datis and Artaphernes, was a formidable force. Estimates vary, but it's believed they had about 25,000 men, including infantry and cavalry. This army was a melting pot of the empire, featuring soldiers from across Persia's vast territories. The Persians were known for their archers and cavalry. They had a reputation for overwhelming their enemies with sheer numbers and their diverse tactics, honed through numerous conquests. Then there's Athens. The Athenians were heavily outnumbered, with possibly around 10,000 hoplites. They were citizen soldiers, not professional warriors like many in the Persian ranks. But what the Athenians lacked in numbers, they made up for with their heavy armor, long spears, and large shields. The hoplite phalanx, their primary battle formation, was a formidable defensive wall. Leadership was key here. The Athenian forces were led by several generals, with Miltiades being the most notable. He was an experienced military leader, having fought against the Persians in the past. And let's not forget the pivotal role of the phalanx formation in Athenian tactics. The tight, disciplined rows of hoplites were crucial in their defense against the more numerous Persian forces. Right. Meanwhile, the Persian strategy relied on flexibility and mobility. Their cavalry and archers were designed for quick, decisive strikes. This contrast in military styles and capabilities set the stage for an intriguing tactical showdown. The Persians, with their emphasis on mobility and ranged attacks, versus the Athenians, with their heavy armor and disciplined phalanx formation. It's a classic matchup of strength versus agility, the immovable object against the unstoppable force. And amidst this, both sides had different objectives. Persia aimed to expand its empire and squash the burgeoning spirit of Greek independence. Athens was fighting for survival, for the very essence of their way of life and their nascent democracy. So there you have it folks. A clash not just of armies, but of cultures, ideologies, and the future direction of Western civilization. The leadership and composition of the forces at Marathon tell a story of contrasting styles and philosophies. Let's start with the Athenians. Miltiades, the key figure, isn't just a general, he's a visionary. Absolutely Marco Miltiades had experience fighting the Persians during his time in the Chersonese. He understood their tactics intimately, which was invaluable. Alongside Miltiades were several other generals, including Callimachus, the Pole March, who had a critical role in deciding battle strategies. Each general was responsible for a day's command of the army but they all deferred to Miltiades' expertise when it came to Marathon. The Athenian troops, mainly hoplites, were citizen soldiers. These were farmers, artisans, and merchants who took up arms to defend their city. Their equipment was personally provided, which meant a range of armor quality across the ranks. The Athenian hoplite was equipped with a helmet, breastplate, greaves, a large shield called a hoplon, and a spear. This heavy armor was designed for close combat, forming the famous phalanx formation, a dense, interlocking shield wall, virtually impenetrable from the front. Now, let's turn to the Persians. The command was in the hands of Datis and Artaphernes. 
Datus, in particular, was an experienced admiral, chosen by Darius for his skill in leading amphibious assaults. The Persian army was diverse. It included not just Persians, but also Assyrians, Phoenicians, Egyptians, and others. This diversity was a strength, but it also presented challenges in terms of command and control. Persian troops were known for their light armor, which allowed for greater mobility. They were famous for their archers, who could unleash volleys of arrows to break enemy formations before their cavalry and infantry closed in. The cavalry was a significant component of the Persian military machine. However, at Marathon, the terrain limited their effectiveness, which played into the hands of the Athenians. Marco, we have Miltiades disciplined and heavily armored hoplites on the Athenian side, against Datus and Artaphernes' more diverse, mobile, and ranged Persian force. It's a fascinating juxtaposition Chuck. The disciplined, democratic Athenians against the vast, imperial Persians. This contrast in leadership, troops, and military doctrine set the stage for a battle that would echo through history. The Battle of Marathon is a masterclass in tactical planning and execution. Let's break it down into its critical phases. Absolutely Marco. The battle unfolded over several key stages, each marked by strategic decisions that turned the tide. The battle began with the Athenian army positioned on the plains of Marathon, facing the Persian encampment near the coastline. Miltiades knew he was outnumbered and couldn't rely on traditional hoplite tactics alone. Exactly. Miltiades made a bold decision to stretch his hoplite line thin, ensuring it matched the width of the Persian front. This reduced the depth of his phalanx but prevented the Persians from outflanking them. The center of the Athenian line was deliberately weakened, while the flanks were strengthened. This was a risky gamble, as it left the center vulnerable but allowed for stronger side attacks. Then came the Athenian advance. Instead of holding position, the Athenians did something unprecedented, they charged. This was a mile-long sprint in heavy armor, a tactic designed to minimize the time under fire from Persian archers and to shock the Persians with their aggressive approach. Upon collision, the Athenian flanks, where the lines were strongest, pushed hard against the Persian wings. The center, where the Athenians were weakest, started to buckle under the Persian assault. This is where Miltiades' strategy shown. The strengthened Athenian flanks managed to break through the Persian lines, then wheeled inward to surround and attack the Persian center from the sides. The envelopment by the Athenian flanks caused chaos in the Persian ranks. Realizing the battle was lost, the Persians retreated to their ships. The Athenians, seizing the moment, pursued the fleeing Persians, attempting to prevent as many as possible from boarding their ships and escaping. In the aftermath, the battlefield was a scene of carnage. The Persians suffered heavy losses. The Athenians, though victorious, paid a significant price for their daring strategy. Miltiades' strategy at Marathon was revolutionary. By thinning his line, he risked everything on a quick, decisive engagement, relying on the element of surprise and the superior fighting skills of his hoplites. The Persian reliance on their archers and cavalry was their undoing in the face of such an aggressive infantry assault. The terrain of Marathon, which limited cavalry movements, played a crucial role. The Athenian victory at Marathon wasn't just a military triumph, it was a vindication of their strategic acumen, their training, and their fighting spirit. Absolutely Marco. This battle showed that a well-trained, disciplined force could overcome numerical superiority through innovative tactics and bold leadership. The Battle of Marathon is rich with stories of individual heroism and sacrifice. 
let's delve into some of these remarkable tales. One of the most famous heroes was an Athenian named Cynegyrus. As the Persians retreated to their ships, he famously grabbed hold of a Persian vessel. Despite losing his hand in the struggle, his act symbolized the Athenian determination to prevent any Persian escape. Then there's the story of Callimachus, the pole march. He played a crucial role in the decision to engage the Persians. Legend has it that he fought valiantly and was among the fallen heroes, paying the ultimate price for his bravery. The valor wasn't limited to the battlefield. Phidippides, the herald, ran from Marathon to Athens to announce the victory, a feat that inspired the modern marathon race. His run, though not part of the battle per se, has become synonymous with the Athenian spirit of endurance and resilience. On the darker side, the cost of this victory was significant. While exact numbers are debated, ancient sources suggest that the Persians suffered heavy losses. Herodotus claims around 6,400 Persian dead. In contrast, the Athenians, despite being heavily outnumbered, suffered far fewer casualties. Herodotus records 192 Athenian deaths, a testament to their tactical acumen and the effectiveness of their hoplite phalanx. Each of these casualties had a profound impact on Athenian society. These were citizen-soldiers, integral to their community. The loss of 192 Athenians would have been deeply felt throughout the city. The monument erected at Marathon, known as the Shorosh, where the Athenians buried their dead, stands as a testament to their sacrifice. It's a reminder of the cost of victory and the price of defending one's homeland. These stories of heroism and the stark reality of casualties bring a deeply human element to the Battle of Marathon. They remind us that behind every historical event are individual lives and stories. The Battle of Marathon was not just a military victory for Athens, it marked a turning point in Greek, and indeed Western, history. Let's delve into the aftermath and the enduring legacy of this epic clash. In the immediate aftermath, the victory at Marathon bolstered Athenian confidence. It proved that the mighty Persian Empire was not invincible and that the Greek way of warfare could triumph against overwhelming odds. This triumph had a profound effect on Greek morale. The success of the Athenian democratic model, in which every citizen-soldier had a stake, was validated on the battlefield. It was a boost for the idea of citizenry and democracy. A pivotal, yet often romanticized part of the aftermath involves the legendary run of Phidippides. He wasn't just a messenger, he was an embodiment of the Athenian spirit. According to the legend, after the battle, Phidippides ran approximately 25 miles from the battlefield to Athens. He burst into the assembly, exclaimed Nenikeikaimen, meaning we have won, and collapsed and died from his exertions. This story, though likely embellished over time, inspired the modern marathon race. It's a symbol of endurance, determination, and the urgency of the Athenians' message. Marathon had far-reaching effects. It kickstarted the golden age of Athens, leading to advancements in arts, philosophy, and governance. Figures like Socrates, Plato, and Pericles were direct beneficiaries of the civic pride and confidence stemming from Marathon. It also had a strategic impact. The victory prompted Athens to build a strong navy, which later proved crucial in the Greco-Persian Wars, particularly during the Battle of Salamis. On a broader scale, Marathon instilled a sense of unity among the Greek city-states. Although this unity was often fragile, it set a precedent for collective defense against a common enemy. And let's not forget Marco, Marathon became a symbol of resistance against tyranny and a celebration of freedom, themes that resonate through history to the present day. Absolutely, Chuck. 
the Battle of Marathon stands as a testament to human resilience and the power of a united cause. It's a story that continues to inspire and remind us of the incredible impact a single battle can have on the course of history. As we wrap up, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on this journey through history. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. Your five-star reviews help us reach more people and continue to grow. And if you have topics you're passionate about, let us know on social media. Exciting news! We've got History AI Podcast merchandise now. Check the show notes for the link. As a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code the History AI Podcast, all one word, at checkout. T-shirts, mugs, you name it. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Marco. And I'm Chuck. Stay curious, and we'll see you in the next episode of the History AI Podcast. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The Starting Line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.